Welcome to the fourth episode of Your Time on the Run, the official ish hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstone, and joining me as always is the guy who agrees that Darby looks like a shithole, Anthony Williams. How did I guess that would be the one? As soon as Darby came up, I immediately started in my notes and went, Ant is not having a single other intro. It has to be something to do with Darby being a shithole. Yeah, unfortunately, the audio of it is really bad because she kind of half says it, so I couldn't clip it. And the lady who has promised us she'd never break down if she spent weeks away from her family, Michelle Pierce-Denevan. That is correct. It's the most true intro I've ever given you, given your comments on Australian Survivor. Okay, should I explain to the, what, two, three listeners? Literally tens of people. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Literally tens, tens of, of people. people. And I'm very devastated still that they cut that, cut that comment out of the, uh, the code appearance because we did say that we have literally tens of people who listen. <laughs> well, dear listeners, if you'd like to know exactly why Michael thinks I hate my children, it is because when Survivor is on, um, people get very emotional thinking about their home and their partner and their children. And, and all I'm thinking is why? You're only there for a short amount of time. You're there to do a job. You're there to win money, have the experience. Why are you sad? You're not there for long. For goodness sake, get a life. All Michelle is thinking is, Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. You just, you're there to do something. Yep, you miss them. But why, why are you so upset? I love my children. I give them too many kisses that they actually say, no more, no more. But seriously, it's just ridiculous. And it's the same for on the run. Kisses is Michelle's term for spraying them with a hose. (laughs) I can't get my hose to work. There's something wrong with it. And they go, please, mum, no. Not the hose again. We'll be good. <laughs> they like it now, though. It's pretty hot in Australia. Uh-oh. Do you want to know how hot it is here? I will actually have a look at my phone. Not very. It is a toasty minus three. Ooh. Oh, my Lord. And I believe in some parts of the country it is meant to get down to at least minus nine this evening. Yep, it's pretty chilly. Oh my gosh, well, not, right now. At least we've not oh had God. any snow. Not too bad. Lucky you. It's um, 9.30am. We were supposed to get to 26, but we're already at 28 at 9. So I think by 2 we'll be at maybe 32. Hmm? And we're lucky if we clear 32 ourselves today. Sadly, that would be Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> we just about get that in the summer. 16 in the morning and 16 in the afternoon. True. God. <laughs> anyway, hunted. Yes. Nathan Ish, get away. They get away. Spoilers. Sorry. So previously, Emma and Jess ran and climbed over fences before being caught and swearing at HQ. Matt tested the hunters and met up with Lindsay, much to Plex's disgust. And the episode finished with Ish and Nate's card being declined and them hiding in a rental property while Mark and Carl closed in. And there's a knock on the door. Ooh, who could it be? Is it the hunters? No. Duh. It is a message from John saying that HQ are close by and to leave immediately. And, th- and this is where I have a serious issue with Facebook's notification system because I was having an argument with someone about this the other day and they were insisting they were about to get caught and I was like, wait till the episode, they're not getting caught and now I can't find the post. Really annoying. Look through your activity log. Tried that. Really? Yeah, I can't, can't find it. It would be weird for either of us to be arguing with people on the Hunted pages this week. Never. Never happens. I'm sure we will get to that discussion because there's been a lot of discussion about the... Leaps in logic, shall we say. Yeah, that's a good phrase. I like that. And as I said to (laughs) Ant earlier, if people had a snow leopard of common sense, they would, you know, connect the dots. And if you get that reference... You've watched too many quiz shows. (laughs) I haven't, so I'm trying to get some sort of meaning out of it. It's a reference to our episode of The Code, where we had one one of the pairs was Ant as the answer. And Ant said before we opened that one... It's an alternative name for a big cat of some description. And then when the question opened, it said, what's an alternative name for a snow leopard? And Ant's exact quote was... Is that the right answer, though? Well, um, if it's not, that's really harsh, because Ounce is definitely an alternative name for a wild cat. So if we go out on that, then at least I can say, well, I was close. (laughs) 
So now whenever I see the word Ounce, all I think of is Ant being a clever little bastard. <laughs> and John admitted to Mark and Carl that he'd rung Ish and Nate to tell them to get out, and they decide to leave Huddersfield, and Sherlock is very frustrated at them having disappeared from right under their noses again. Yeah, he's not happy, but I don't think he's anywhere near them at this stage. No, they would have been at least hours behind, surely. Yeah, and, and did you notice mm. when Mark knocked on the door... He was, like, FaceTiming Sherlock. He knocks on the door and says, if there's anyone in, can you open it up? But he says it in the voice like he's talking to Sherlock, not like he's talking to anybody inside the house. They know they're not there. Oh, 100%. That's the thing. It's the old Amazing Race rule. If they're not in the same frame, then they're nowhere near each other. Exactly. They're, they're long gone. And I don't understand how people get fooled by this every year. Every year, people just... Watch this show and go, oh, it's so fake because they were obviously really nearby and, you know, HU helped to get away. No, they didn't. I think people think it's like a live documentary unedited. If you are listening to this and think for a second that this show is fake, have a bit of logic about it. If they faked this show, it wouldn't be on air because Ofcom would come down on them like a ton of bricks. That's not to say everything that happens happens exactly the way it's presented on screen. It's an entertainment show. It's edited. So the whole thing makes sense and you don't sit there going, what? That was like two days ago. They would not put a show together like this without trying to tell a winner's story or the story of how people get caught. Correct. The way to do it is to cut out all the boring as shit bits where they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks and cut to the chase of when they're actually on a correct lead exactly and i don't understand why people bitch about this show all the time if you don't like it don't watch it quit clogging up twitter quit clogging up facebook i'm bored of you i'm so over it yeah (laughs) build a bridge and get over it rant over so everyone has gone rural and Loren sent a postcard to HQ from Scotland with a Highland cow on it, which is very nice of her. She mm. said, hitchhiking and counts cars that pass her. Cheeky bugger. It sounded, it actually sounded like she was counting the cars with a clicker, like when, when you're going into it, a, a ride. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a lovely little scene, wasn't it? When she, got, when she said, maybe I'll try smiling. Smiles. Looks at cameraman. <laughs> No, it's not working, no, is it? No, <laughs> Move no, on. No good. <laughs> it was lovely. I loved how um she called uh, what Zoe said cheeky bugger because um I say bugger quite a bit because I don't really swear. And there was a commercial here in Australia, and it was actually banned because they had a baby saying bugger and a dog saying bugger. <laughs> and you've got to look it up. You've got to look it up on YouTube. Look for Australian Toyota bugger commercial. Something <laughs> like that's really funny. I mean, there was an Australia advert with the tagline, where the bloody hell are you, that got banned. Yeah. And I don't know why, because that's less strong than saying the word bugger repeatedly. Yes. My other favourite is one Ant may be aware of, maybe not, which was the Ford Sport Car. They did two adverts, basically marketing it as sort of the dark side of the Ford car. There was two. There was a cat one and a pigeon one. The pigeon one had it landing on the bonnet of the car and the bonnet flipping up and launching it. Oh, this dog flies through the air as well. Go on. The cat one had it sort of crawling up onto the open sunroof, putting its head through, and the sunroof closing, and you just see something drop. Ew. (laughs) And it makes me laugh at every time I see it, because how on earth did people not think that this would be a terrible idea? (laughs) I will say, nobody on this podcast, apart from Michelle, endorses animal abuse at all. Oh my or any, god. Or any it. abuse of any living creature. Dare or not start living. Another thing. Oh my god. So it's okay. It's okay, Michelle. Any any second now, Michael will say, and and we'll be back on track. It's fine. You've yeah. always wanted me to stop talking about how you hate your family. Now I'm gonna talk about how you hate animals. Oh my god. I can't. I can't. Oh my god, I wish you lived here. I'd come and get you. <laughs> You'd just be dead. That is a threat to life. So then we learn that Matt has just met his wife, and he's elated that he did it, and HQ think that he's all about winning, and Zoe says he's getting a bit cocky. Mm, cocky is a theme that runs through this episode, I believe. And he's ready to take the fight to the hunters. Yeah. I, I had a real change of mind on Matt throughout this episode. Up until the start of this episode, I was kind of 50-50, will he, won't he? I am now absolutely convinced he's getting caught next week. Yeah, this yeah. is sort of a 
deconstruction episode for Matt, I think. Mm. It was an episode that kind of proved everything we were worried about with Matt, that he's probably going to get caught. And I've also got a bit of money on him getting caught immediately at the start of the next episode. Yeah, that would be my guess. Sadly. Because we like Matt, we've never made any secret of the fact we like Matt, but also he maybe played with fire a little too much this episode. No, I think he's he's a great guy, but the edit of this episode leads me to think he's going to get caught. And now on to Frank and Harry. Where are they? Where where in the country are they? They were last seen at the shooting range in Doveridge. In where? Doveridge. That is a big old pile of dirt. It's not that, is it? Where are they? Doveridge. Doveridge. Well, that's not bad. Doveridge. Then Ben Ben has a go as well. Doveridge. 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 Mm, Not right. (laughs) Doveridge. We've finally found a hunted impression I can kind of do. (laughs) Yeah, Steve Hersey saying Doveridge. But only the word Doveridge from Steve Hersey. Hey, but you know how all all your words over there are, you know, they're different. So when I see an English word, I think, okay. Like Lester. It, it, you say it and it's nothing like how it's written. So don't, I mean, the, the, hunt, the hunters are English. Don't they look at words and think, okay, maybe it doesn't sound like it looks like? Well, there you go. You think they check before they say something that's going to go on air, wouldn't you? Oh, your country's really hard for pronunciations. <laughs> Doveridge. 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 <laughs> Doveridge. Neither of them are you right. You're both wrong, guys. You can't correct each other when you're both wrong. Oh, dear me. The best thing is I watched this episode and as soon as they said Doveridge, I thought, oh, Ant's not going to like that. Same. I thought the same thing. It's pretty bad when after 50 plus episodes with each other, we know exactly what jokes are going to make. Or what things are going to get pulled up. Oh, I saw something in the background and I thought, I bet bet Michael comments on it. I can't remember what it was now. I bet you do. I wasn't really watching the background as much this week. It was weird on Thursday. I I was watching the episode, but I wasn't watching it as sort of, as much with background clues as I normally do. There is something that I did notice that I'm not sure you guys will have, but we'll get there. So yeah, Frank and Harry were last seen at the shooting range in Dooveridge. And HQ are now confident that it was all a decoy, which is of course correct. And Julie says that all of their network is in the Essex and Sussex area. They are small town boys and they're going to rely on their network. And they have walked over 100 miles in two weeks and are heading towards home and getting Harry a shower. 100 miles? That's pretty impressive. certainly is. I'm pretty bowled over with these guys, you know. I think it would have been very easy to expect them to get caught really early, but they're doing fantastically now. Am I wrong in thinking that 100 miles is very similar to what Matt's walked? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. He's like the hero, and, and they're like the two cheeky chappies. I know, it's very different. He's an elite soldier, a machine, as Sherlock likes to call him. Yeah. And they come from a dysfunctional family, and Harry couldn't say Frank's name as a child because it came out sounding like wank. I mean, mispronouncing words on Hunted. Never. Doesn't happen. Doveridge. <laughs> oh, this is going to happen the whole hour, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think if anything captures the sense of this series of hunted coverage for us, it's the fact that Ant has got a new toy, and boy yeah. do we know about it at every turn. Well, got a toy, gonna use it. And their parents dying is mentioned again, and I sound really heartless when I say that, but it's classic winner's edit stuff. It's a reason for them to go on the run, and a reason that they're gonna win. And they say that Harry is still coping with it. Which, to be fair, it's four months before they went on the run. It's kind of understandable that he's still coping with the loss of a parent. Uh, completely. I don't think that, that sort of thing is the sort of thing you really properly get over ever. And HQ think that they will reach out to their sister Lizzie, as she's the mum of the family now. How hot is it there? Because his lip balm melted. Yeah, it was June, wasn't it? It was quite warm, actually. Everything's just going wrong. My lip balm has melted. Let's be honest, it was probably a Baltic 18 degrees or so. <laughs> oh god <laughs> no, i think it was it, well we had a great summer didn't we this year and i think it it did start early we did have a good summer last year despite what ish and nate's storm clip said last week yeah i don't know where that was because yeah it was gorgeous for about three months it was really really good which is very unusual and then it got to the point where we were all really bored of hot weather well i wasn't <laughs> it was so bad that i actually ended up buying more short sleeve shirts for work wow <laughs> Wow. 
That's how warm it was. And it's at this stage that Blex decides he's going to come up with a, a new tongue twister. Does he live with Lizzie? 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 Does Lizzie live with him? But yes, Frank does live with Lizzie. And Doug thinks that there will be a family reunion. Doug trying to steal Sherlock's title. <laughs> Do you reckon they record loads of those sort of clips just to sneak in occasionally when, when it suits the story? Yeah, I reckon there's lot. Yeah, loads of generic stuff that they just drop in. And they are going to a pub owned by two friends, and the coast is clear. They get food, drinks, and a bed for the night, as long as they like lasagna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. except when it cut to the meat and it, it clearly was not lasagna. It was like some sort of lumps of meat and a load of bread. It looked like a stew I of some description, was, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think that was a little afternoon snack before the lasagna. Oh, wow. Look at them. Michelle, our food critic there. <laughs> <laughs> I do like my food. <laughs> well, yeah, because you steal it from your daughters. Always. I need more. You give them one solitary piece of bread to share and a glass of water each if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. This is in between them being sprayed by the hose, of course. Yeah. Water maybe with a bit of ice in it, perhaps. Well, when you give them the ice in it, you just throw the ice at the heads. They have to catch it. (laughs) This is escalating. (laughs) (laughs) I know. stupid. (laughs) And the hunter's gain access, see, break in, to Frank and Lizzie's cottage, nine miles from the boys. And Mark and Carl hide a listening device in the radiator and put a camera outside the door to look for any unexplained arrivals. Yeah, cue controversy number one of the episode. Yes, they can go to someone's house and go in. They've signed release forms. They've signed away their lives. That's why they can steal electronics. That's why they can break into houses or put trackers on cars or do anything to replicate the powers of the state because these people are mocking being fugitives if you are a fugitive in real life the police can do this and much worse they can freeze your bank accounts they can break into your house they can harass your friends and family because you're more likely to be hiding them yep absolutely but i do have one thing lizzie's clearly not in the house right when they they break in yeah why is mark whispering i don't know i'm assuming she left a key of some description for them but, you know, either they know the house is empty or they don't know the house is empty, right? They're not going to carry on if they think there's someone in the house. So I just don't get the whole, we've put the camera in. What were you whispering for? There's only you two there. Maybe they're just sort of giving the impression of it being covert. Yeah, what they should have done is kind of tiptoed out and had the music going. <laughs> Bizarre. But yeah, there were so many people moaning about the, oh, how can they gain access to the house? Isn't that just breaking in? Yeah, they're going to do that and much worse. They've done that and much worse in previous series. Do you people not remember the ghost, for example? Exactly. And I have short memories, these people. And the boys send their friend Matt to arrange a meeting with Lizzie, and HQ spot him on their camera. But Lizzie's not in. All they see is a panicked man banging on the door. But that's that's enough. Subtle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's not the greatest actor, is he? <laughs> now, what we need you to do is just go up there and we'll capture this bit on CCTV. <laughs> okay. Pantomime knocking on door. I'm looking stressed. <laughs> Didn't they say it was about nine o'clock in the evening as well? That was not nine o'clock in the evening. No, it wasn't. Even, even in the summer. No, that was not nine o'clock. And for Loren, there is no CCTV from the post office where she posted the postcard. So HQ decide to use targeted online posters. Good move. Social media is the way to get get mm. out, no doubt. It is a good move, but why is this a weird thing for them to point out, Anne? Well, that it's targeted. Well, the fact that Loren got a poster. It's very early. Loren didn't get a poster. Well, clearly she did. Yeah. Very targeted. Maybe it was only targeted on Facebook to certain groups, so we never saw it. You can't do that on Twitter, I don't think, but you could do it on Facebook. As is traditional, the only bit of information that I know about the season going into it is who gets posters. Loren did not get a poster on Twitter. I did not see anything to say that Loren got a poster. There you go then. So why are they doing this? Well, they obviously, as Ant said, use targeted posters on Facebook or whatever. But this is the Mm. first time we've ever had a fugitive who received a poster that we did not know about it. Mm. So what does that say to us? That says to me that they're wising up to people like me keeping an eye on the social media. I think they're trying to hide it a little bit more, which is why they've moved away from clearing all the Twitter or clearing all the YouTube as they used to, which was a massive shame because you can get some great clips of the YouTube, like the 
uh, nursery rhymes thing from Blacks. But they didn't give Lorraine a poster publicly. Which opens doors because it means that it isn't necessarily the two pairs of lads who were the only people who I saw get posters who actually now have a chance of winning. Which is good news. Which is good news, yeah, because it means that I can't pretend to guess anymore. <laughs> and she is in the Lake District. She's 215 miles from where the postcard was sent. Yeah, and we've got a lovely shot of the postcard that just said, wish you were here, not. It's <laughs> great. I do like that they seem to be ramping up with fugitives who just enjoy taunting the hunters and making good TV. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> and she says if she won a share of the money, she would pay for private medical care for a month to try and cure her agoraphobia. Which is a nice little worthy cause winner edit type thing, isn't it? Um, and we got some really nice footage of her where we're clearly supposed to feel very sympathetic towards her. I'm still not 100% she wins. I'm not, but I think if she doesn't, it will be a capture that almost comes as a relief to her. She'll get yeah. caught and go, oh, it's really sad, but at least I can go back to my mum now and that's all good. Her stock is rising, I would say. Yes, I would agree. And she uses a random landline to call a friend's boyfriend to get someone to meet her in Derby. Mm. At which point my ears prick up because I go, any reference to Derby or Derbyshire, I know Ant's going to be all over it. I know, this this season, like we've already had the, the lads that are in. Doveridge. We've now got Lorraine... Mm. In in uh, an area of Derby called Alveston, which I, I don't know this park, by the way, but I had to look it up. But, um, yeah, quite close to me. Next week, we've got Nish are in Nottingham. And if what I saw on social media at the time is correct, coming my way from Nottingham. It's crazy. I'm, I feel like I'm in Hunted Epicentre. Why have I not bumped into these people yet? <laughs> what we have to watch out for in Series 5 is them starting in Sydney or being anywhere near Sydney. Because last series, we had the start point, which was... I'd say 50 yards from my workplace at the time. This time we have half of the series take place in Ant's neck of the woods. What's going to happen with Michelle? <laughs> I that don't think they're coming here. In fact, they will probably just end up being in Beck's Hill and then you'll uh, you'll get texts off your brother just going, what? Yeah. They're, they're right here. They're like right outside my door. <laughs> I need them right near my brothers at some point and then that brings me into the picture. Also, I've done that many puns for this podcast, I very nearly did say Black Sylvan. <laughs> and she says that she doesn't even know where Darby is. So how, I don't understand, why do you plan to meet someone in a place you don't know at all? Because if you have no connections there whatsoever, it's not actually that bad a plan. No, but yeah, I got I the impression... Yeah, I understand that, but she doesn't know where it is. She doesn't even know where Darby is. Yeah, but I got the impression that's where her sisters were. It didn't sound like she was getting her sisters to go there. It sounded like she was going there to meet her sisters, and she named somewhere very, very specific. So either she's just opened a map and found somewhere, or that's got some sort of connection in that she knows of it, but clearly hasn't been there because... I don't even know where Darby is. I'm guessing that this is her attempt to do the meet someone you know 50 miles from your ha- uh, from where you live. Yeah, definitely. So it's whether it's 50 miles from where her sister lives. Don't know. It, it, it was a little unclear, but it was a very specific place to mention if, if there's no connection. I'm not sure. I mean, no one's willingly going to go to Derby unless unless they're unhunted, let's be honest. Yeah, that is true. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you on that. All right, what's wrong with Derby? It's just very near where Antlers. It's the closest city to where I live. But, but but is there something specifically wrong with it? No, it, it suffers from an inferiority complex because it's not that far from Nottingham, which has a nicer reputation. But it's a nice oh. place. I like Derby. I'm not going to go as far as saying it's a shithole because I'll let Loren say that later in the episode, but <laughs> I'm also not going to rule it out. Although it is interesting, whenever I'm telling people where I'm from, if I say Derby, they go, oh, okay. And if I say Derbyshire, they go, oh. <laughs> So I always remember to say Derbyshire, not Derby. And HQ try and find out who Frank and Harry's friend Matt is, and they do find him on Facebook by looking at mutual friends. Yeah, which is a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? If you're going to use a contact, try not to pick one that you've got photos of you on Facebook. And they do find his details and then put him on live intercept. Frank and Harry feel a little bit vulnerable, and Jordan and Danny are sent to investigate them. And now the really fun scene. So Lizzie rings them at the pub on day 16, and she asks for a king's breakfast and a meeting with the boys. Now, here's the question. Is a Facebook call untraceable? I have the very same question. Uh, That's what I was wondering. I'm going to assume so, 
because why mention it? But also, will this then mean that for Series 5, that they find a way to intercept Facebook calls? Yeah, like they magically did with WhatsApp. Yeah. And Harry thinks that he sees Volvo behind them on the way to the breakfast van, but it's only a BMW. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's your paranoia starting to spike, isn't it? Every dark car looks like a Volvo at this stage, I would imagine. Matt's phone is still on, so Colin triangulates the data. I think the hunters should start riding in pink and purple cars. (laughs) Something like that. Something that really stands out. (laughs) (laughs) Alianora did tweet... Tweet us and um, and say, also, I think we found out this episode why non-ghost hunters always use black Volvos. It's easier to spot for trickery purposes. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. And I'm sure Ant has picked up on this, but we do get a come on from Danny, but it's rather subdued. Well, you see, I think this explains why she's got a new partner. I think she's training him up. I think she, she started gently. She's just getting him into the come on routine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. See? You're just gently <laughs> warming up. They're he's, building he's up. Copying. By, I didn't notice that he copied. Yeah. By next series. Come on. That's what he'll be doing. Have you got the original? I want the original. The original, original. No, I'll have to the go. The original, back. come yeah, on. That's the best one. The, you're right. The one from episode one wasn't oh. quite spot on. No one can do it like her. I'm sorry. Sorry. Poor RTV guys. Warriors tracking commands since season one. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as though you have next week off, Ant, I expect for the finale a come on montage. Okay, all right. I'll see what I can do for you. And Lizzie is not at the van yet, but Jordan and Danny are only four minutes away, and Jordan is wearing a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were expecting something exciting, I think. But the meeting ends up being very quick. She gives them 50 quid and tells them to fuck off, basically. Yeah, and they fulfil their rules of let's meet a family member. Although it wasn't 50 miles from her house, I'm going to assume it was only about 9 or 10. Yeah, might have been a different meet. But Jordan threatens to piss himself, if it means catching the savages, which I guess makes him a savage for trying to catch the savages. (laughs) It's utter savagery. (laughs) They're all a bunch of savages. And then we see that he's taking the GoPro off, so he knows he's not going to win. Yeah. I'm really hoping that we're going to poo in their biscuits. It looks like that's going to happen. And the burger van lady says that Frank and Harry are regulars and that they were near the van just a few minutes beforehand. Oh, she gives it up a bit easy, doesn't she? You should at least try and get a reward out of this. Come on. Come on! Usually you can weasel a 50 quid note out of them or something. She obviously not watched the show. And Blex is unhappy, as always, that it's gone a little bit quiet. Yeah. It's all gone quiet and I'm not very happy. It's almost like you know what clips I'm going to have queued up now. <laughs> That's the thing, after a lot of episodes together, you can pretty much guess what I'm going to pick up on. I can pretty much guess on what you're going to, you guys are going to pick up on. <laughs> it's become a well-oiled jigsaw. Just a bit of behind the scenes on that is we don't confer before we record this at all whatsoever. We all watch it ourselves. We all make our own notes. I pick the clips I want. So it is always quite amusing to us when we pick up on the same things. Me and Anne have a little chat occasionally on a, on a Saturday afternoon after we've both watched the episodes, but we never actually confer on what we need to pick up on. There's a few things that we've conferred on what we're going to discuss, like extracurricular things, but nothing major. Nothing like the clips or or what's actually going to properly get talked about. Which probably explains why a couple of seasons back, Io was absolutely amazed that we had to edit the podcast. <laughs> he was like, what? You don't, you don't just record it and put it out? No. no. <laughs> God, could you imagine? That's not how it works. The rubbish people would have to listen to? Well, I know. Bear in mind the rubbish they do when we do edit it. <laughs> the completed rubbish. <laughs> I'm sorry, when we edit it? When you edit it. Thank you. Hasn't Ant done it twice? I have done it before. Ant has yes. done it before, but not for a while. Not for a while. And I did do an entire season of The Apprentice once. You did. Back in the, the mists of time. And then HQ think that Matt has gone near to home and is close to Dartmoor, because that's going to be his neck of the woods and the training ground. Mm. And the longer that he is on the run, the more arrogant he's going to get. Yeah, what do we think? Well, this episode's just a masterclass in how they're just completely and utterly burying Matt before they catch him next week. <laughs> oh, really? I've never written the word cocky so often in my notes since I was watching you on the TV, I think, Michael. <laughs> Good point, well made. <laughs> the difference is, Ant, I go on TV quiz shows and I admit that I'm cocky and I admit that I'm arrogant and I admit that I am a know-it-all and I don't hide that about myself. <laughs> I just have a lot of fun 
being that guy and playing that part that they obviously cast me for. Yep. I'd rather be true to myself. <laughs> and you'd like people to take you down. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is that my team on the chase were quite nervous, the other three of them. They'd never done any TV before. They were all a little bit nervy. I wasn't. As soon as I got a question right, I was having the time of my life. And I knew for a fact that they would not win without me. They were good questions. I got really lucky on the cash builder, although just this week gone, we had an episode that had two people with ten grand cash builders. Bastards. Which was filmed about a month after mine. And it actually was, because one of the guys who won, his wife was tweeting me during my episode, and she's very nice. (laughs) But I knew for a fact that if I didn't get through, my team wouldn't win, and I wasn't wrong. It's alright to be arrogant as long as you know that you're better than everyone. And we get a little bit of backstory for Matt, and he said he spent three trips to Afghanistan, and he was mainly doing counter-piracy and counter-narcotics operations. Scary stuff. Scary stuff, but also he is... Like, they're ramping it up with the kind of professional fugitives every series, because we had Jamie last year, we have Matt this year, what are they going to have next year? Sherlock on the run. Sherlock goes rogue. (laughs) Could you imagine? Mm. They can't really ramp it up much. That's the problem. And also, they they would catch Sherlock quite easily because they just put ANPR on his bongo. <laughs> they just watch out for his super white shirt. It'd be fine. <laughs> or just spot him running through towns wearing jeans and a <laughs> white t-shirt. And a white t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> As is traditional. I tell you what, though, in this bit, I was very, very impressed with the ANPR analysis. That was cool. This is another thing we have to discuss because. So many people were going, oh, how can they possibly pick out that car? Well, if you think that this episode is one of only six episodes, they spent 25 days on the run, which is, quick mental math, 200 hours on the run. These people have to fit 200 hours of television or of filming into six hours less adverts, so let's be real, it's 45 minutes per episode, so six 45-minute episodes. You cannot show the tedium of them searching through 30 different number plates to see the registered information, to work out whether it's someone in Matt's phone book, to then pitch that investigation to Kevin O'Leary for Kevin to say, you're on the right lines, here's the ANPR for it. They can't show that because you wouldn't watch it because it would be dull as hell. Mm. So why are people moaning like, oh, how did they possibly find that car in 30? It's crazy. They found it because they're good at their jobs and that we do not need to see them going, Kevin, is this the right one? Kevin, is this the right one? Kevin, is this the right one? And him going, you're finally right. Yep. It's just good old-fashioned police work. You know, meticulous stuff. Go through the data, rule things out, and eventually you're going to find it. You don't want to see the tedium of proper police work and all the paperwork that will go into it, because that wouldn't make good television. I actually well, looked down at my good. notes when the... Um... The dandelions came on, which is what I call them. (laughs) And I looked up and went, why are there dandelions on the screen? And then I had to rewind. And then I was like, whoa, that's amazing. It is, isn't it? That cross-referencing, that is proper data analysis. But also I found out from someone on on the actual show, someone involved in production, that it was actually done by a custom Google map. Oh, wow. It was a Google My Maps, which is plotted by the camera crew. Nice move, whatever it was. Yeah, when you see the disclaimer at the start saying, for the purposes of this program, ANPR and CCTV and other tools used by governments are replicated, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about the mail intercepts, which we've not seen for a while. They're talking about the CCTV, which is actually just GoPros strapped next to the real CCTV cameras and locked away, and only Kevin can approve it. They're talking about the ANPR, where actually, I'm assuming it's just a tracker on the camera crew's phones that then... um, Kevin has the data for and will release as necessary. They're talking about that sort of stuff. It's obvious that they can't actually have the bank records or anything like that, but they work around it and make it work for the show. And first and foremost, it's a TV show, and people need to actually remember that before moaning on social media, because I'm bored of it. Oh, but they love it. They feed off each other. I know, but it becomes an echo chamber of tedium. It's been years. Anyway, you guys go. (laughs) <laughs> hey, what was what's the water temperature? Matt's swimming. It must be freezing. Chilly, yep. Yeah, it wouldn't have been warm. <laughs> I don't know for certain what the water temperature would have been in June, but I don't think the water tends to get that warm anywhere in the UK ever. No, no, never. And Matt says that he loves danger and wants to ambush the hunters, and his plan is to let their tyres down. 
And at this stage, all I have in my notes is why, oh, why, oh, why do you want to do this? There is just no strategic advantage at all. And all I have in my notes is Johnny Mercer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because if you know anything about the production schedule of this series, you'll know that it was about two weeks before Celebrity Hunted. And according to someone whose name rhymes with Bindi Mason, this actually gave production the idea for Johnny to let the Hunter's tires down, apparently. Uh, okay. So it's a suggestion. So yeah, if you know anything about the production schedule, you'll know that Johnny Mercer was shown in October-November time, actually doing this in the final episode. It was actually filmed about two or three weeks after Matt attempted to do it, but it didn't work. And you know, Johnny was in the Marines as well, I want to say. He was certainly in the forces. He's certainly in the forces. He is from that area of the world as well. It's certainly not out of the question for Johnny to be aware of Matt's existence. Yeah, no, that I would say that's not beyond the realms of possibility that they might say, come and have a chat with people that have done this, see what see what you can learn. And obviously Matt wouldn't be able to specifically say anything because I'm assuming there'll be an NDA in force, but he could maybe subtly hint at things that didn't work for him. Not that I'm accusing anyone of anything, but... Not at all! <laughs> and and this is where I became absolutely convinced that Matt's not winning this because if you think back to when Nick pulled off a, a decoy, it was really tense, it was really exciting, it was all is this gonna work? Is it not gonna work? This was just like, Oh, I'm gonna do this thing. Oh, it hasn't worked. It was a bit flat. It was really it flat. Was. There was no tension whatsoever. It was like production had just said, Look at this guy, he's being cocky we're going to show that that's not the way to do it. And it just, for me, just it just fell completely flat. Well, it's the way to tell a, a scene like this, because if you think about it, if, as we assume, we're correct about Matt getting caught next week, this is the real start of his downfall. This is the moment that you can point to going, this is the big mistake Matt makes, because it then gets HQ really close to him anyway, even if his plan succeeds. And if it doesn't, then it means that they're on to his network of North Devon and him being near home and all that sort of stuff. It's one move too many. Yeah, and and it's clearly portrayed yeah. that, you know, this this isn't, oh, check it out, Matt, it's an audacious move. It's, look at this idiot trying to be cocky. And I think that's a topic that me and Michelle will be discussing at length next week, is that this is the point you can pinpoint going, Matt played it wrong. This is how Matt loses money. And Nick and Claire are sent to investigate the fact that they've found Rob, Matt's getaway driver. And Matt contacts John, the leader of the North Devon Marines Association, and wants to lure them to Saunton Sands and then let down their tyres. And he gets John's daughter Jenny to ring Lindsay for a meeting, in inverted commas. But Blex, being Blex, suspects that it's a trap. Mm, Cue viewer controversy number two. (laughs) Where did that come from? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that Maybe that was after about an hour or two of intense discussion in HQ about whether they followed that lead. Maybe this scene is slightly edited. I think this is a bit of a retrofit. I think they put this little cutscene in after they figured out that it was a bit of a ruse. I think they did their usual thing of following up on any lead and then went back a a bit later and gone, actually, maybe it's a trap. I'm not sure we're going to put all our resources into this area of the world just in case. Although the irony of, like, two weeks later this happening to Zoe is not lost on me. (laughs) Sorry, Zoe, you know I love you, but it's hilarious. She'll get you. I know she will, but thankfully she doesn't know where I live yet, so. (laughs) I'm sure they could find that out. (laughs) There are so many people in the world called Michael Harmstone. I'm pretty sure they could find you. Yeah. I I reckon it took about ten minutes to find you. I do not want to test this theory (laughs) at all, because I know how many hunters listen to us. But if anyone tweets me with my address, I will be very freaked out. Oh, God, I'd love it. And that is not this week's challenge. <laughs> Please, yes. All hunters, find out where Michael lives. <laughs> yeah, just send him subtle hints that mean you know where he lives. Send him your wet t-shirt in the mail. Oh, Please. don't do that. <laughs> the winner of this challenge will get Michelle's address. Yeah, come and visit. I'll take you around. Seeing as though I am currently looking at Michelle's address on my phone. Why? I have it saved from when I sent you a Christmas card. Oh my god. I save everyone's address. I'm good like that. You never know when you need it, Michelle. (laughs) When you're on the run. Yeah, to send you a wet t-shirt in the mail. (laughs) Oh my god, could you imagine that smell after like a week? Yeah. A week? I think you have a lot more faith in Royal Mail than I do. (laughs) 
I think, no, it takes about a week, at, not at Christmas time. No more. It's about three weeks for Shell. Really? Yeah. I definitely think it's closer to three weeks than a week. Well, there's only one way to find out, Michael. We might have to test this theory. <laughs> I'll go have another shower. Wearing my t-shirt. In a lake. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be nice. I'm, I'm actually... I showered right before doing this podcast, so I'm actually quite clean. A, a t-shirt from me won't be that disgusting. Anyway, did anybody spot Nikki's 80s mashup homage? No. 18. Look out, Cagney and Lacey are coming. Cagney and Lacey weren't in the 18. No, they weren't <laughs> at all. That was a different show. I mean, I'm I'm like six years old, and even I know that. <laughs> no. Really? How do you know about that? I didn't even write it down because I thought Michael will have no idea who Cagney and Lacey are. Have you not realised by now, Michelle, I have a wide general knowledge of random crap. It's why I'm yeah. a decent quizzer. And I don't say a good quizzer, I'm a decent quizzer. And that's because I have a very random general knowledge. And I'm aware of a lot of things even if I don't watch them. Yeah. I mean, I used to do that when I used to win radio competitions. I used to know so much and people used to say, why? And I said, I just know crap. You can't help it, can you? Just stick. No. <laughs> Useful stuff. No. Yeah. No, no idea. But, yeah. I mean, our random crap served us quite well on the code, Ant, let's be honest. That is true. That's basically what quizzes are, though, right? It's just random stuff. The fact that we managed to somehow guess three rounds in a row of questions, I think it was. Yeah, not just get them right, but actually predict what the question was going to be. To the point where Leslie actually had to say, do you want a job? Fun fact, I do occasionally watch our episode of The Code, just when I'm feeling a little bit sad about myself. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) What better way to lift your spirits than watching us lose on TV? Watch myself get humiliated for 300,000 people. Also, Michelle, just on the um, on the subject of how long it would take to send a t-shirt to Australia, mm. depending on how much you want it to pay, it could be anywhere between 84 days and five to seven working days. It'd be just normal mail. It wouldn't take 84 days. Really? International standard, which is £9.70 to send a, a large letter, which a t-shirt in a damp bag would be. Would be £9.70 <laughs> and five to seven working days, aim. There you go. I mean, if you lived in London, it would probably be quicker because just London to Sydney is quick. It doesn't have to go anywhere else. Yeah, but knowing the Royal Mail, it would go via Aberdeen first anyway. So. Yeah, that's the Royal Mail website I've just been looking at. I didn't specify where it's coming from. Right. And I have a, a question about the, the John's daughter Jenny scene. Because when we cut back to HQ, we see that Matt is their wallpaper on their, on their computers. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I don't think it was a computer. I think that's an Apple TV. There was, was a little uh, thing in the bottom that said, uh, or it might be a Chromecast, but I would imagine Apple because everything else is Apple. Uh, it said Analysts TV. That makes sense because later in the episode, we actually see a um, a picture of one of the Devon nurses on um, on their computers as well. Yeah, it was, um, according to the little screen capture I saw, it, it was um, their Google Photos, so it's, it's like their sort of screensaver, I think. So they probably just, they've probably got shots of them all, and they just drop in the right one. It's still a bit weird that they have all the screensavers of the fugitive pictures, because we do see at the start of the episode a picture of Matt and Lindsay together as well. Yeah, 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 same thing. Do they have all the candid family photos just scrolling on the screens? Because that's a bit weird. It's a bit creepy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and Lorraine has hitchhiked to Sandbatch Services, which isn't that far away from me, to be fair. No, no, it's, it's not that far from me. It's probably about halfway between us two, I would think, on the M6. Weirdly, I was discussing Sandbatch on um, on Friday at work with our um, our apprentice at work, who does watch Hunted, and didn't spot the connection at all. We were talking about Sandbatch for a completely different reason. It was like, yeah, that was Unhunted last night. Oh, I did notice that Steve mispronounced that as well, but it was quite subtle. He said Sam back. Do we need to have Steve on? Well, and give him some lessons. Oh, he's going to love that. (laughs) It's all right. He's only (laughs) tweeting me once this season. First, we have Doveridge. (laughs) And now we have Sandback Services. And then what is it next week? Who knows? Who knows what it could be? Maybe he's just far more cultured than us. What? You mean we're wrong? No, maybe he just thinks of the composer first. I have to say, before I'd heard it, I did wonder if it was Sandbark services. But once I'd heard someone say it once, I realised now it's just Sandbatch. Sorry, I just had the funniest visual, right? I'm just thinking, okay, giving us a bit more value than what we're worth. But could you imagine Hunted next year, them starting, you know, starting the production, standing there, oh, my God, let's get these pronunciations right, men. (laughs) 
the last thing we need is a bloody podcasters ripping us apart. Well, weirdly, me and Ant were having the conversation before we started recording of whether we've actually had a little bit of an influence in this series. I think that's just coincidence. I think it's coincidence as well, but we were both looking at the episode 6 synopsis on, on the TV guides, and there is no information on there whatsoever. It confirms where the extraction point is, which we kind of knew from last week. But there is no information other than that. We don't know anybody who makes <laughs> it to the final. I would love it if we actually have had some sort of influence. Because <laughs> I, I got a message in my works group chat on WhatsApp last night saying, with a, a screenshot of the fact that hunting applications are open again. <laughs> and saying, basically, go for it. I quoted it and said, always said I'd never apply. Then the next message was, they target the living shit out of me because of the podcast. Then the next message was, and that's not even me being arrogant, half of the hunters know us by name and would take one look at me and put every resource into catching me to prove a point. Yeah, I think that But wouldn't that be fun? Oh my god, I wish wish you two would go on it. Oh my god. There is a downside for you if we ever somehow did do it, Michelle. I have to podcast by myself. (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't be able to podcast it. (laughs) That's alright, I'd get Logan. I'd get Logan. Are you sure Logan would be awake to do it with you? I'd, I'd find a time. <laughs> Love you, really, Sanders. <laughs> yeah, there's not a chance in hell that I would ever want to do hunted. I much prefer sitting on my thrones, throwing stones down at the peasants. Yeah, makes me so sad. I know, Michelle, but I've done enough shows that you don't know about. Why would I do hunted? But I would do hunted. It's not even in my country. I know you would, but you need God. to just find a way to do it over here, anyway. <laughs> There's one show that I would do that we podcast about, which is The Mole. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Nothing else. And I've always said that. Both of my shows, they've asked me, what's your favourite show that you cover? The answer is always The Mole. And it's never going to change, because it's the best show on TV, other than Hunted. <laughs> and Lorraine gets a, a lift from a guy called Richard. He's nice. I thought you might say that, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Michelle has a hunted crush. <laughs> what was his name? Richard. He owned his own car and everything, Michelle. It's only a BMW <laughs> one Bonus. Series. Anyway, we need to stop this conversation before Tom finds out. <laughs> As if he listens. Drives a golf cart into another wallaby in frustration. <laughs> and you know who wasn't nice? The person from Sandbatch who rang a tip in. No. What? I love that tweet that you quoted me in earlier, Anne, of um, the same people who take the lower offer on the chase are the sort of people who will dub someone in and uh, hunted. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little worlds colliding tweet. It's a nice little worlds colliding tweet, but as I said, I said this at the time when my episode aired, and I, I completely agree with it now. If three of us had got back and the last person was contemplating taking the lower offer and said, I'm not sure because of the Twitter hate I'll get, I would have co-signed the living shit out of that. It's strategy. Well, yeah. That's, that's true. So, another group of people who who earn my ire is the people who bitch about people taking lower offers on the chase. If it's strategically sound, I would co-sign the shit out of it. I'm very angry today. I don't know what's up with me. You're quite ranty, aren't you? Mm. It's, it's all a bit pent up this week, I think. Just vent, Michael. It's fine. We're here for you. But this is my weekly therapy session. And friend of the podcast, Jenny, says that Lorraine is being far too obvious on the cameras. Well, yeah. I mean... Motorway services are covered in CCTV. Mm. And also, there are much better service stations than Sandbatch, let's be honest. I'm guessing that's just where she managed to get to, whoever was stopping was stopping there. I know, but services are a bad idea anyway, because there's literally no other way to get in and out of them. That's true, yeah. Yeah, if you get, get cornered there, you're a bit stuck, aren't you? Of all the locations to get someone to drop you off, you don't do a service station because you can't... You're basically cornered in. There's no other way to do it. You can't get in and out. And if the hunters go there for a coffee or a loo break, you're absolutely buggered. Mm. But thanks to Richard, Lorraine is dropped off at Kiwi Park in bloody Derby. (laughs) And she says, in my favourite quote of the episode, it looks like a shithole. She said it slightly inaudibly, unfortunately. (laughs) And she's sad. Yeah, she's sad. Sad and lonely. She's had enough. Which is why I think next week it goes one way or the other. She either drops off the radar and pops back up near the end, or she gets caught but really doesn't mind. I have a theory on why she broke down as well. Okay. So, we're all aware of the fact that they have to meet up with someone who they know on the run. 
Loren has made it this far without meeting up with anyone on the run that she knows, so she's still got to technically do it. She's attempted to do it with her sister here, and it's not worked out, which means that she has to go a bit closer to home and try again and risk HQ finding mm-hmm. out where she is again and again and again. Yep. So her sister not turning up actually makes her life a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's my theory on why she broke down more than anything. It was it was that she felt alone, but also that really she felt alone because she then had to make another big risk. And she's not necessarily a person who thrives on as much danger as, say, Matt Mason. Oh no, no, she's she's yeah. not she's not thriving full stop. She's surviving brilliantly and she's and actually she's doing a really good job. She's doing quite a good job of covering her tracks as well. Mm. Yeah, because until the Sandbatch debacle, Eddie really didn't know where she was. No, and and even then, you know, they've not got much closer. Mainly because Darby's that sort of nondescript that even the person who was ringing up for Sandbatch didn't know where she wanted to get dropped off. I don't know why I'm thinking of Darby. <laughs> I don't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Also, I would I would question that Sandbatch is 50 miles from Derby. I would say it's more like 60, 65, but... Let's not argue about that. Stoke's about 50 miles from Derby. Someone's done the maps. No, it's just someone's done that journey many, many times. And Matt says that he will be 50 metres from the Hunters and has no idea how many teams will turn up and whether they'll kick his head in if they spot him letting the car tyres down. Yep, and again we just go, oh, hope this falls apart on you, Matt, because it's just not doing it for me. <laughs> Matt has basically done a Hercules and gone from hero to zero. Mm, it's incredible. As I said, lovely guy, you know, proper hero. This edit just makes him look like he just needs to get caught. Sad. It's setting up the downfall of Matt Mason quite perfectly. Yeah. And the plan is that John will act as a lookout, but HQ find John in Matt's phone and realise that the chairman of the North Devon Marines Association is probably going to be the sort of person that Matt will ask for help while he's on the run, especially if they suspect he's in the area. Yeah, it seems a bit obvious, doesn't it? It's almost like Matt is deliberately trying to lure these people in yeah but why why i get taunting the hunters but don't it just doesn't help the game at all you're supposed to be winning a game it just feels like he's gone too far on the taunting route and that's what's gonna be his downfall the one percent of me that thinks that matt doesn't get caught is purely because he's obviously got a plan of how he's gonna try and be a little bit cocky with the hunters and prove that he's better than them Mm. But also, he's basically playing Happy Gilmore tactics. The only thing you need to do to prove you're better than Hunters is make it to the extraction point. Anything else, silly. Or do what Lee and Hilmar did and, and get the wow. plane and, and all that. That was, yeah. yeah. I don't think we're seeing that anytime soon in the UK, are we? No. <laughs> yeah, some, something tells me none of the fugitives kind of have a friend who has a private jet. <laughs> Shout out to Pilot Tim. So Matt wears a GoPro as he hides, and he doesn't think that they've taken the bait. But HQ get the CCTV showing Matt at Saunton Sands. Now, what do we think? Is this part of the plan or is this a screw-up? This is part of the plan 100% to try and lure them towards Saunton Sands. However, the big mistake for me is him going back with John. Mm. If he didn't go back with John and if John arranged for another Marine to take him instead, Matt would be safe. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and that is a, that is definitely a rule of Hunter that we've discussed before, is you only ever use an associate once. Yeah. Assume they're burnt the minute you've, you've done it. Matt is playing with fire far too much here, and it pains me to say it because I really like Matt, but Matt's playing far too much with fire to win after this episode for me. Yeah, it feels that way. And Nick and Claire get dispatched to hide out at John's house, and HQ get A&PR for John. And Julie says she wants Matt caught as he's got under her skin. Mm. And Nick and Claire get into position to watch John's house. And the episode ends as John is only 12 minutes from home. So what do we Crazy. think? Timeline straight and they actually are lying in wait or not? I think they are. But it's whether Matt has a second thought. If Matt has a second yep. thought while John is driving, yep. he can get away. Yep. Because 12 minutes is a big enough buffer for them to not be right behind him. Yeah, yeah. So you think, just like you did earlier in the series, he's just going to suddenly get an instinct that says, nope, not feeling safe, and just gets him to drop him off somewhere. Yeah. If Matt is a bit too arrogant, he's getting caught within two minutes of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go along with that. That's my gut feeling. I feel like Clarkson on Millionaire going, that's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because this is the first time in the series where, actually, I've not known anything coming. I can genuinely make predictions again now, because Frank and Harry and Ish and Nate are the only ones who got posters who were sort of nationwide, evidently. But now we've proven that anyone could have got posters, that rules nobody out. The episode 6 press release has no information on who survives next week. From the pre-episode videos, we kind of know one person who makes it, but we're not going to mention that yet. I don't know whether Michelle does, but me and Ant do, <laughs> after our discussions last week. Well, we know we know one person makes it very, very close. Yeah, very true. Well, that doesn't tell you anything. That doesn't say if they win or not, so no. that doesn't matter. They could get caught, but if they do, it'll be yeah. really, really close to the end. I have a, a theory on that, and we will get there. But yeah, we know very little information now, which is kind of bad for the official-ish Hunted podcast. <laughs> well, that, that we can't predict who's winning it. It's good. It's good for production. This is how it should mm. be. What do you guys think? I think we're all in agreement about Matt getting caught. Yeah, I think Matt gets caught. I I think Nish get caught. Yes, same. I don't think we've had enough story from them. I think Frank and Harry get through. Yeah, I think Frank and or Harry or rather Harry and or Frank, will make it, and I'm 75% now, Loren makes it. Yeah, Loren's the big question mark, because I think we're all agreed that Matt goes. I still think that Ish and Nate are going to be a late game capture, because they're not covering their tracks well enough, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially with, as we know next week, they're going to do Instagram Live, but they're not covering their tracks well enough, and they are trying to be a little bit cocksure about things. Frank and Harry, obviously, the most obvious winners, winners edit of the six remaining. But Loren, I'm not sure about. Yeah. No, I'm not sure either. I'm in two minds, because we've had a lot of the reasons she will win stuff, but also we haven't had enough of the the growth arc that her her type of winner would be. But we could easily get that in the next two episodes. Yeah, that's the thing that's giving me reservations at the moment. It's the fact that we've not had anything from Loren about her growing or becoming more self-assured. I just think it's too early in her story. You know, we've only, realistically, we've only had two episodes that have featured her. So I think we're seeing her hit her lowest ebb at the minute. I think next week she'll overcome something. Something bad will happen and she'll she'll grow from it. She'll take loads from it and then you'll just see her story go through the roof. That's my instinct. Or she gets caught, but she really doesn't mind because that means she can go back to her mum. They're, they're the only two outcomes I'm seeing for her. So, next time, Nick and Claire wait for Matt. Esh and Nate are live on Instagram in Nottingham, and Loren begins to think she can win. Mm, which is an interesting quote to put in. Yeah. And the press release is, The Royal Marine Network rallies to keep Matt Mason out of harm's way, but the hunters are lying in wait at the address they suspect is his safe house. Loren is desperate for news of her agoraphobic mum and plans a risky meeting back home while Nate gets on the internet in an attempt to draw attention away from Ish's rendezvous with his sister. Which is why last week when people were going, oh, they're definitely going to get caught, Michael and I were 100% certain that Nish weren't getting caught this week because they're in the synopsis for the week after. (laughs) But conspicuous in their absence are the savages. Yeah. Suggests to me that we're not getting any savages. I think it's going to be a savage edit. It's a savage cut. <laughs> yeah, I think so, um, which would make it even more likely that they're going to win, I think. Yeah, if we don't see anything of them next week, obviously they're safe through to the finale, but I think we're pretty much all fairly confident that they make it to the extraction point. Which, which actually, uh, when I say they won't be it next week, I, there's not going to be any drama with them next week. I think we'll see skipping through the cornfields type content like we saw with Nick. You'd screaming about lip balm, yeah. <laughs> I think that's about as dramatic as it'll get for those two next week. So, have we got anything else to say about this episode before we wrap things up? Nothing at all. No, it, it was a no-capture episode. It was all storyline building, but it was all Matt's downfall, really. I think it's interesting that we had another no-capture episode. Mm. Because we only really usually get one a series, which is usually the first one now. Yeah. Does that mean more people make it, or does it mean more people get caught in a short space of time? It lends credibility to my theory of it being a lot of late-game captures Mm. from last week. There was a lot of references to the fact that there was nine days left to go for the Savage Brothers. It seemed like they were really labouring that point. Because maybe something happens. Mm. In Doveridge. (laughs) (laughs) Not there anymore. (laughs) 
and I will say, because I know everyone wants to know my thoughts, that I'm definitely devastated by shipwrecks being crap. <laughs> I won't labour the point, but it got better towards the end of last week, but also it's still... Uh, it's exactly what I worried it was going to be, in terms of a lot of young, horny people on an island just trying to shag each other to win money. Basically a rival to Love Island. Mm, not selling it. <laughs> so... Thank you for listening to this Hunted Podcast. You can join Michelle and I next week because Ant can't be asked joining us for another episode. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Hamstone for me, Bullsboy for Anthony, and Bear3333333 for Michelle. And we will see you next week. But with that, your time in the run is over. Bye! See you in two weeks. Oh, Jesus. Someone's cooked bacon. <laughs> Doveridge. 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 I don't even know where Derby is. Doveridge. 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 I don't even know where Derby is. <laughs> That's gold.